1: Uh, the all-time greatest uh, intern slash producer we've ever had, of course, Tuttle. Tuttle in
0: Florida. From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp, it's the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Wanna see me do my dance in these thousand dollar pants? Don't me and
1: my mans, baby, a whole lot chops on your ass. No wonder nobody likes you, Tuttle. Everything's a goddamn debate. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hope you guys are having a great day so far. Welcome to the show, everybody that is downloading or streaming it. I cannot thank you enough. Like I said, I've said it the last couple of days, this was one of the best weeks that I've ever had when it came to downloads. You wouldn't believe all of the countries that are listening to me all around the world. And and it kind of, like, blows my mind a little bit because when I first started in radio, you only had that one market. Now, being able to see on paper, well, not on paper, but on, on my computer and or my phone and be able to see, like, oh, there's Ghana. Oh, there's Nigeria. Well, I know Nigeria is thanks to my friend Calvin uh, that I had on the show last week. Make sure you check out my website, Tuttle.net. That's Tuttle with two Ds, T-U-D-D-L-E.net. Got to thank my friend Jason for uh, redesigning the site. The site is looking great. This is the best version of Tuttle.net that we've had. Uh, I've also put up a lot of YouTube content, and I, I really don't plug the YouTube channel as much, but if you get a chance, go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Tuttle I got some great new content up there all the interviews that I'm doing for the Tuttle Daily Podcast I record those on Zoom and then I uh, Vulture he actually uploads it to YouTube and then I use the audio for the podcast Uh, if you guys would like to reach out you can easily do that there's two ways I got a voicemail number four zero seven two seven zero three zero four four. Once again that is four zero seven two seven zero three zero four four. 407-270-3044. you can email me Tuttle at gmail.com. So I kind I've I've kinda have been talking about my dating life lately. You know, uh I mean I don't want you to think, oh well Tuttle Tuttle thinks he's a player. Hell oh. no, not at all. But, you know, being alone for as long as I have been and I don't want you to think like here, this is this is when I meet a girl or a woman and maybe this is where I mess up. It most likely is where I mess up. I I don't have that confidence that some guys have that confidence where they go into it and they're like, yes, I'm going to try to date this girl see where it works out, try to get laid. But I don't do that because I, I, I don't have that type of confidence. I, do, I don't have that confidence where I can just go up. When, when I go up and talk to a woman, it's kind of like, because it, well, it all stems from that I think I look like a creep. Straight up John Mark Carr. I know I make that joke all the time, but what I'm trying to say is that I go into it just trying to meet a new person. Oh, it would be amazing if I was able, if it was a little bit more. And and I'll be honest, I'm like most guys, but I've talked about this a lot that it's ingrained in our DNA for us to be that way. That's why men are different from women. But I will admit when I see a an attractive woman or somebody that I think is attractive. Yeah, of course, I'm going to go talk to that person more likely than somebody that looks like a dog. And I, I know a lot of people are gonna be like, oh, that that's an F, F to, uh, thing to say, Todd, but no, it, it really isn't. Here, I'll I'll give you an example. Um before I went out uh fishing with James from Ocean Inlet Surf Shop and in Ponce Inlet, uh there was this girl, woman, I, I gotta stop saying girl. I don't I don't know why I keep saying that, because that even makes me sound like a more more like a creep. But what I'm trying to say is I, I saw this attractive woman. She was she, I, obviously she rode her bike because she had her bike next to us. But she was sitting on the bench, one of the one of the tables by the seawall. Well, come to find out she doesn't live here, but she was just she, she's new to the area. It's kind of interesting. She uh, she has she's down here getting work experience uh, in farming, working with plants specifically but she's from long long island and and she asked me a question i went out to check my bait bucket and she she started talking to me and and i answered some of her questions and i was like you know what i'm gonna take my shot so i gave her my number and she was all cool and we've been texting but i see this this is where like my over niceness comes into play like i i try to be nice but my nice, me being nice sometimes gets mistaken for douche creepy chills that I give them. So I cooked dinner last night and I've been talking to this girl. I was just trying to be nice and I hate wasting food. I, I don't know what it is about Southerners, but you always cook more for more food than what you need and what ends up happening is you either use it for leftovers or you bring it to friends, family, neighbors, whatever it may be. And I and and I texted this girl because we've been talking. I I haven't like blown her up on text messages, but I texted her and said, "Hey, I cooked dinner tonight. We, I don't know what if you've already eaten, but like I will, you know, make you a plate and bring it to you." And I never heard back. And Right when I was going to bed, I was like, Ugh. thinking back on that was like, it's kind of a creepy thing. because she, she really doesn't even know me at all. Uh, I know that I, I seem like a, you know, not a threatening person. People don't see me as a threat at all. But I I think that's why I can go out and do these interviews and ask people these questions, because I don't think, like I said, they don't they don't see me as a threat. So that's why I can get away with more than most people that are going out there and doing stuff. But I, I offered to bring her a plate and then and then I was going through all these scenarios. And that's the thing about it. This is why I don't have the confidence, people. This, this is why I don't have confidence at all is that I was like, oh, I, I overthink things. And I was like, oh, she doesn't know you. I, it's not like I approached her. She approached me, so technically, you could say that I wasn't trying to stalk or anything. But what I'm trying to say is i when I thought about it more was that you've only met her once you've you've texted a couple of times and you're offering to bring her food. It's like you're a stalker trying to find out where she lives or or you're trying to poison her or you're gonna you're gonna do something like that. No. I was just trying to be nice cuz I, I forget I I forget that in this day and age with the internet being able to find people like you got to be careful especially women women have to be careful they they really do because you don't know who you're going to meet all these dating sites Tinder, um get your filter off uh, that that one guy that I talked to Zach yesterday yeah you gotta be careful because there there are some just straight up evil people in the world, so I gotta be more careful, but you know what though I could also be overthinking this. I could be like, oh well, you know you asked her if you, she might have thought it was nice, but she she never texts it back, but that's also the other thing. it's like you send a text. But you you don't want to keep texting until they reply. Because you don't know if they're busy. You don't want to be that guy that is blowing up a female with text messages. Women. I, I just wish you. We need to have a conference. We need to have a conference where women need to get into the mindset that, oh, well, you know, we want to find out and make sure that they can just do it on their own. I know the women do not want to give out their secrets, but ladies how much easier would it be if like you guys you had a playbook a woman's playbook that guys can read to know how they're supposed to play things because you guys are a little judgmental sometimes you either think oh he's coming on too strong he's got an ego but then but then you you look at the guys that are are that are considerate maybe you ever consider it like i am at sometimes uh you see that as a weakness i don't need that man if he can't take care of me and just like i've just like i've talked about how it's ingrained in our dna that that we have to spread our seed we have to procreate we need to be with as many women as we can the same thing goes for a woman the woman in her mind wants Equal rights. She wants to be on the same plane as man. But when they get a guy that's considerate and nice, isn't over aggressive, that's a turnoff for women because you want to know why it is ingrained in their DNA, just like it is ours, to look for the alpha male, the one that's going to be able to protect her, the one that's going to be able to protect her kids and strengthen. Her family's gene pool. She wants stronger, bigger, faster, smarter offspring. So that's that's w- genetically, and I'm not saying that women like it. Most women are looking for that nice, sincere guy, but their instincts are telling them, I need the alpha male. I need the alpha male that has the confidence, that's big, strong, maybe even smart. I mean, that's that's the jackpot for women. But, God, but ladies, men, on both sides of the gender, I, I get your frustration. I kind of had that epiphany last night. But I also got to get to the point where, like, I mean, I, I've talked about this. I, I have no fear. I can go and talk to anybody. I can go ask anybody any question. I don't care how powerful, how rich, or how famous they are. I mean, I'm sure it's going to get me into trouble one day because the powerful, the rich and the famous, they they can have people killed. So but when it comes to to talking to a new person of the opposite sex, I don't know why that is like a brick wall for me. Is it because I overthink everything? Or am I just one way or the other, because I don't know if I can do the alpha macho man type gimmick i i just can't, i i'm not built for that because it, it does not come off as real because that's just not who i am and it's not like i'm a professional actor maybe maybe i could play that macho manly alpha male bullcrap that some of the ladies like to see i could i i I could work it for a short amount of time, but if I started dating that person or we had to hang out, oh, I wouldn't be able to do it all the time. There's no goddamn way I could keep that up 24-7, 365. It's just not happening. I would get tired of it. I'd be like, you know what? This is not worth it. Guess what? I am a closeted nerd. You thought I was going to say closeted gay, but no, a closeted nerd. And yes, I got manly tendencies, but I'm I'm a little I'm a little sensitive. When I'm driving down the road, even though I I stopped doing it as of late, but I used to if a turtle like a gopher tortoise was trying to cross the road, I'd stop the goddamn car and and I would help the turtle across the road. But I stopped doing that once I read the story about somebody getting run over trying to help a turtle cross the road. And guess what? I love you turtles. Hate to see you die. But I'm not putting my life on the line for some goddamn turtle. It's just not gonna happen. You know, and and this is the thing. This is how much I overthink things because now I'm gonna go back, I'm gonna listen to this audio, and I'm I'm gonna cringe. I mean you're I'm just gonna talk to myself. My inner monologue is gonna say, You're you're a pussy, Tuttle. You are a straight up biggest pussy in Volusia County, Florida. Be back in a few minutes. You're listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. He's a nerd. I've only been arrested one time. A radio personality. Professionally, I'm not in the best position that I've ever been in. And hot talk satirizer. You would think with everything that's going on, a Caucasian like myself wouldn't be able to randomly talk to an
0: African-American or a minority.
1: All right, guys, it is Monday around 7, uh, 7 p.m. Yeah, so this is something I usually do on Sundays is that once a week, I am responsible for emptying the crapper in the fifth wheel. Now, it, it you will know when it gets too full because that stuff will start coming up out of the toilet. So, but the thing is, see, a lot of people make this mistake when owning an rv or a fifth wheel they they think that hey we need to leave the the crapper uh tank open all the time so it drains into the sewage system and and that's the worst thing you can do because if you have an rv or a fifth wheel you want to keep the tank closed so whenever you're you're flushing the toilet that water is making mixing up with the fecal matter and you want it to get sloshy you don't want hard turds because hard turds are going to stop up the the pipe and and it'll start getting caked onto the walls of the toilet and the tank itself so that's the last thing you want to do you want to keep the tank closed all the time let it fill up because you also want all that pressure you want that gravity to suck everything out of that toilet because you want everything nice and clean when you dump it so I'm over here to do this. I'm going to see if... See, now there's like a little handle here. Let me see if I can get underneath here. Hold on. Let me see. Okay. It is dumping now. It is definitely dumping. So then I have to come to... Hold on. I almost fell there. Got to come to the back end of the trailer where it leads into the dumping station and see. Let me see if we can hear it. I don't even know if you can hear that or not, but so I got to come over here and make sure because I have had this pump that goes out of the trailer and we don't use that, that cheap, uh, little tubing that comes with all RVs and, and fifth wheels, the dump, we actually have a very, very sturdy PVC piping leading from the tank out to the dump station. So that is what I got to do every week. It's one of my weekly chores, people. That's just life living in the hobo fish camp. All right, welcome back, guys. So it's the same day. If you just listened to the previous audio soundbite, I was emptying out the crapper of my parents' fifth wheel but kind of a little bit relating to that. And this is the same day. Hell, uh, I think that was like 7 o'clock, maybe a quarter till 7 when I dumped it. It is now 11.10. Just got done with my second workout of the day. Now, starting to become a little bit of a problem, guys. Um, If it wasn't for Vulture, Vulture, my producer, uh, telling me, basically telling me, do not make me come down there and make sure you take a day off. No. I I got to take a day off because my obsessive compulsive behavior. I'm working out every day, man. I do two workouts a day. I'm barely eating any calories right now. Um and I I I really do. I I think I might be getting an eating disorder. I right? I mean it could be. I mean that's that's the weird thing about it. I I've been going up and down with my weight as I've been working out. Now, see Right now, when I look in the mirror, see, but that's the thing about it. When you look at yourself, is that the true image that everybody else sees? I, I That's that's so weird. It, it really is. So, I mean, I know I'm not in tip-top fitness-wise right now. I, I know that I'm not. I still got a lot of work to do. But compared to what I was a year ago, holy crap, guys. I mean, it's night and day. It, it really is. Just looking at my skin, my skin even looks healthier because you want to know why I wasn't drinking a handle of whiskey every single day. I wasn't on all those psychotropic drugs and all the other stuff that I was ingesting on a weekly basis. So I'm actually kind of proud, but, but I, I also do understand there is a fine balance. You can get too much of a good thing. So I've been working out hardcore today. I'm going to take tomorrow off. Now, and, and listen, guys, any of you guys that want to email me, title at gmail.com or give me a call on my voicemail, 407-270-3044. Once again, that is 407-270-3044. I got to get, get out of this PT Cruiser. <clears throat> I mean, there's a nice breeze going on right now at the Hobo Fish Camp. So, oh man, that feels so much better. And the great thing about this microphone I just bought, it it, it has an amazing mic screen on it. And I, I'm pretty sure when I go back and listen to this, you're, you're really not going to hear that much wind. But I, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm really, really happy. But, you know, that's the thing about it, guys. I'm not on my medication anymore. Yeah, it, it's, it, I'll admit, I will admit, it is difficult to deal with ordinary problems that most average Americans can deal with, but that's that's not how I'm wired, people. And then, and I'm not making excuses. I know a lot of you uh, Trump supporters, MAGA, wearing hat people are gonna be like, "Oh, suck it up, suck it up, quit being a baby." Well, guess what? I can't do that. It's just it's not how I'm wired. A lot of people are like, "Oh, is it good for you to be off your medication, tunnel?" Um. This this is how I explain it to people. This this is how I explain the medication. Because I've been diagnosed as a bipolar, manic, depressive person. Now, when I was on all the meds, yes, I I never got depressed, but you know what I did not have? I never had true joy. I never had true happiness. And yes, being off the meds now, guess what? I have some pretty shitty days. I do. I'm not going to lie to you. I I think that I've proven through my 20 years of broadcasting that I'm I'm not afraid to share anything. Do you know how many embarrassing things that I've shared on the radio? Do you know how many things that I've shared on the radio that when I got home, after a 10-hour day in Tampa driving to Orlando just to get out of the car at 10 p.m. since because, you know, it's not like you haven't been up since 4 a.m. in the morning. And then to get bitched out by your spouse about stuff you talked about on the show. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to see any of you trolls out there, the ones that think that what, I do, or anybody on the radio. Bubba, Seth Cush, Anna Hummel, Lumex, Colton, Blitz, K-Man, Ron Bennington, Tom and Dan, Russ Rollins, Mike Halta, Drew Garabo, whoever it may be. Yes, it, it, it is difficult to be able to read everything that you guys say, how bad we suck. So... Being off these medications, yes, it, it 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 has been a difficult transition. But guess what? This is what I've learned since I've been off all the meds and I got that second opportunity because I actually failed at suicide. I would rather go through hell one day. I this, see that like, like I said, back to what I was saying when I was on the med, I never I never experienced true happiness, but I was never down. But now both ends of the spectrum have moved farther apart. I do have amazing days, people. And I wouldn't trade that. Yes, there are some days where I wake up in the morning and I don't even want to get out of bed. There are some days that I don't even have enough energy to work out. There's days where when I'm not feeling good, hey, guess what, Tuttle? You might feel better. If you go have a drink. Go get some drugs. Hurt yourself, do whatever it needs to be, but God damn it, you cannot have those bad days. But what I, but you know what though? What I've learned, and I, I, I don't want you to think I'm bitching because I'm not, because since I've been off all the psychotropic drugs, I actually get to experience joy, and it's amazing. And I would trade all of that for, for I would go through the worst day of my life to trade the ecstasy the joy the happiness that i have on those days where i'm in a good mood so what i'm trying to say is that i've bettered myself yes i still had bad days and the reason i shared that the reason that i shared all that stuff is that i don't want you to think that i'm trying to be one of those motivational speakers and i'll and and i'll give an example okay now, I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying anything bad about this person because I'm not. But Mark Merrow, I have had so many personal experiences with Mark Merrow that I know the Mark Miro that you guys hear, the one that does so much charity work, does so, so many motivational speeches to help people that are going through hard times, that is the real deal. The real McCoy, 100% Mark Merrow. Because I I I've been a I've been that person that looks at those people that are always positive. I'm like, oh, they yeah, they they can't be that way. They can't be happy all the time. But guess what? Yeah, Mark is that person. But the only reason that I bring up Mark Merrow is because I don't I don't want my audience to think I'm never being real with them. Because I am always gonna be real with you. I mean look, look at all the stuff that i've done over my radio career that i've shared shared that has been embarrassing i mean think about this people the the day that i tried to commit suicide i actually sucked it up after i looked and i was like oh man i failed at this as well i still went into the radio show and you know what i talked about it i talked about it because i thought it could help somebody and I also want to talk about it because I wanted to hold myself accountable. Because I was afraid. I really was. Because if I if I did it that time, I was like, people need to know about this so they can help me. I, you know, so many people in the South, they, they don't understand depression. They they just don't. You know, when I was younger, I, I don't think I ever talked about my mental issues with my parents until I was in my 30s. Because when you're in your teenage years, you just don't want to bother. You don't want to be bothered by your parents in general. But then when you're in your 20s, you're trying to prove a point. I don't need you. So I'm not going to complain to you. And then when you get in your 30s and then 40s, you're like, oh, man. Why, why have I been holding this in and letting it eat me up like cancer? And guys, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. I just realized that I've gotten off on such a far tangent. Because when I when when I when when I started off this segment, I was originally talking about how I was emptying out the crapper on my parents' fifth wheel. And one of the things I wanted to talk about is that all right, so this is this is another angle that a lot of people don't think about when it comes to RV or fifth wheel living. Especially when you got a third third person, a deadbeat. 40-year-old son that is still living with his parents. Well, the only reason I say that is that a lot of the trolls want to use that against me. Listen, I, I, could, I have a lot of other jobs. It might not be in radio that I could go work and live on my own, but I'm trying to help my parents. But once again, on another tangent, what I originally wanted to say is that I have to pee out the front door sometimes. Now, nobody, 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 I can promise you nobody knows what I'm doing. But if you remember last week, I talked about cleaning the trailer. And I noticed the spot where I pee at every single morning when I get up. Because when I get up, it's still a little dark. Nobody can tell that I'm pissing out the door. But when I was cleaning the trailer, I I made it to the front door and I'm looking. I'm like, (laughs) I'm smelling around I'm like, oh, man, it smells like ammonia because I've been pissing in that same spot for so long every single day when I get up in the morning and and that it's got to build up. But the weird thing about it is, is that where I've been peeing at the ground has turned the blackest of blacks that you can think of. So can anybody explain to me why the spot where I'm peeing at, why is it turning black? Is is that normal? Because once again, with my mental issues, I'm kind of a little bit of a hypochondriac. And I'm I'm kind of worried, like, is there something wrong with me that... The spot that I pee on has turned black. Like nothing could ever grow there. It is dead. It's, it's sterile land and nothing will ever grow there because Tuttle has been peeing there. It, should I be worried? Email me, Tuttle at gmail.com. That's Tuttle with two D's, T-U-D-D-L-E at gmail.com. Or you can leave me a voicemail, four zero seven two seven zero. 3044 once again that is 407 2703044 i i really i'm i'm actually kind of begging I, I need your feedback am am i just being way too crazy or am i making sense i'd love to hear from you going to take a quick break be back in a few minutes you are listening to the Tuttle Daily
0: Podcast
1: Welcome back, guys. Last segment of the day. There are a couple of things. There are actually two things I want to talk about. One, which I'm not going to talk about in depth today. But I've been reading. uh, There's this thing called internal monologue. Now, I know that I've always done that, but I I just didn't know that it was a thing. Maybe a lot of you guys, maybe I'm just late to the game, but internal monologue is whenever you think through problems with a voice in your head, like you're actually speaking to yourself. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, if you talk to yourself, you're crazy. But there's only a select, I mean, not a select few. I mean, I think it's a, like 60 to 70%, but there are also some people when when they're trying to problem solve, they, they don't think of things in their head. They're not talking it through is what I'm trying to say. And, and I find it interesting. I've already uh, sent a text to my producer Vulture because I want to be able to get a psychiatrist on because I want to learn more about this because I think it's interesting because when you do something all your life, you think that that's the normal. I can't even imagine that people don't have a voice in their head when they're talking and trying to problem solve or figure things out. Because I, I thought that was a normal. I thought everybody did that. And it's just weird. Is that, is that a sign of just mental illness? Or being a creative person that you can have a conversation with that inner monologue voice that you have in your head? I'm going to do a little bit more research because I, I want to be able to talk about it educationally and sounding like I know what I'm talking about. But I, I learned about this last night right before I was going to bed. And I just, like I said, I want to read some more about it because I, I want to hear from you guys. I am I want to hear from you. When you're trying to solve a problem, do you have that inner voice that tries to figure it out for you? <laughs> and like I said, I think it's weird as hell that people don't do that. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about, and, and I'll kind of go into this, I've t- uh, actually i didn't do it on purpose but there there's been kind of a theme about evolution what is ingrained in our dna because we're nothing but animals but a a research came out and said that the humans human species find high calorie foods and can remember where they are quicker than they can with healthy options foods that don't have a lot of calories and the reason why is that I guess in the early years of man times were tough food was scarce and people didn't really watch I'm sure cavemen did not watch their weight at all because they were like I gotta get calories I need these calories because who knows I could go a, a week two weeks without eating so I need to store these calories and I think that's why our body now I think our our future evolution as a human species is just fatness i i i think so i mean look look here in the united states i i think we have more obese people than what we do have healthy people here in the united states and and that's it our bodies crave that stuff it is like a drug it is it's all about the label that gets put on it when it comes to drugs or an addictive substance. Why? Cigarettes and beer kill way more people than any of the other illicit drugs. Maybe that's because they're illegal. But what I'm trying to say is it's it's already been proven. They, they tried to make beer illegal. That came back. Cigarettes. I don't understand how anybody could think that those are all okay it it's just weird to me and and i think that's what we are we are just going to become a race of not a race but a species of just fat asses and we're going to have robots doing everything for us and then, and then it's probably going to go straight into the uh, matrix plot line where they're going to take our fat bodies use us as batteries And then it's just going to be Earth with a bunch of robots. Yeah, kind of depressing.
0: And that's the show for today. Thanks for listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, don't be a dickhead. Do us a favor. Like, share, and subscribe to the show. Also, Check out the Tuttle category at 315live.com. The Tuttle Daily Podcast is brought to you by the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp. You want some cool-ass sunglasses? Check out vaporshades.com. Also brought to you by stitchyouup.com, pocketpairclub.com. Special thanks to show intern Hannah and Charlie Alamo for their contributions. Additional imaging and production is provided by CCA Productions. Facebook.com slash presents. Show voiceover service is brought to you by jcvoiceover.com. That guy's got a damn sexy voice. You should hire him. Check out jcvoiceover.com. If you want to help support the show, go to paypal.me slash Tuttle on the radio. Comments? Concerns? Or do you just want to let Tuttle know he's being a dickhead? Tuttle at gmail.com. That's Tuttle with two Ds at gmail.com. To follow all of Tuttle's social media, go to Tuttle.net. Thanks again for all your support, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Tuttle Daily Podcast.
1: Hey, yo, Terry, what's going on?